Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Hello. Good day, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So um, today I wanted to talk about cultivating compassionate conversations. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So we all know that kindness is important, even if you're not studying Buddhism, we're taught from a very young age to be kind to each other. And um, sometimes I think our, our best intentions for that uh, often go astray because in our attempt to be kind, we sometimes we run away from each other. Um, we don't wanna say the wrong thing. We don't wanna hurt somebody's feelings. And so we turn away. Um, and really this is just a matter of, of skill and having some, some language around it. So I thought I'd offer something today that's been really helpful to me. Welcome, Carolyn. <clears throat> and on this, on this topic, um, when we think about our, our chants that we say, when we think about the refuges, for example, we say, I take refuge in Sangha. And as Flint has explained to us uh, many times, taking refuge, that word actually means to fly back or to fly home. And I'm thinking of this as flying towards each other for this talk. So, I'd like to start with a little story, and I, I really think that this relates to uh, the topic of cultivating compassionate conversations. When I think of meaningful conversations, the root of it is an alive and active desire to connect. Uh, that's why we that's why we have conversations, right? Uh, but despite our habits uh, and defenses of running away, there's there is something in us that desires connection. And so that leads me to Arnie. I think if you start a presentation with a cute puppy, you can't go wrong. <laughs> so this is Arnie. Uh, we recently adopted him, as some of you might know. He was really meek and shy at first, and uh, he really didn't know who he could trust. And when we were out on walks and a large dog would approach or anything would scare him, he would just run just immediately without thinking of where he was going. He'd just run away from the entire scene and, and from me. And if it weren't for his leash for a few times, we would have lost him as his nervous system just took over and sent him into flight. So to Arnie, a rescue dog from the valley, this world was not safe and he was not sure about who to trust. And I think this can happen a lot in our conditioned nature in our lives when we're, when we're growing up. Some things happen sometimes that make us feel not safe, just like Arnie. But over time, as we gave him food and water and shelter and most of all, lots of love, he began to trust us slowly at first 
And when he spooked, old habits would kick in just like it does for us. And he'd run away again, <laughs> often before we could even see what was happening. But one day we were out on a walk in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. The day was beautiful and crisp and the sun was smiling. And a large German shepherd started approaching with an intensity in his eyes and a bulk in his body that would really even intimidate a lion. And Arnie, doing what he does, ran. But this time, it was different. He didn't run away from me. He ran towards me. He ran to seek shelter and protection with me because he was slowly learning that he could trust us. He could trust our warmth and our care, and he could trust that we were going to be there for him and to stand together with him. And this is what we do with Sanka. Throughout, through the loving guidance of our teachers and over time, our habitual patterns of running away from each other get repurposed. We learn that Sangha is not just a group of individuals practicing together, but mindful care expressing itself in the world as each other. So we learn to run towards each other. We fly home to each other. We take refuge in each other, even and especially when times are hard. We turn back towards the relationship and towards the relating prioritizing our relating over our individual need to be right. And to do this, we need some skillful means. So that brings us to the importance of our words and our interactions with each other on a daily basis. Much of our daily life consists of conversations, emails, interactions with each other. We bump up against each other regularly with our beliefs, our opinions and our different value systems. Although our primary practice is one of sitting in silence, we still have many exchanges that involve conversations, working things out together, brainstorming, problem solving. So what does our practice look like when conflict arises? What skillful means can we develop that help keep the lines of communication open and flowing towards understanding each other? What elements of our practice work with relating to each other authentically and wholeheartedly? How do we establish the safety to run back towards each other? Within the Four Noble Truths is found the guide to the end of suffering, right? The Eightfold Path. Many of us have heard about this. I'm not going to talk specifically about all of the Eightfold Path today, um, but the eight parts of the path to liberation are grouped into three essential elements, ethics, mental discipline, and wisdom. And so today, I just want to practice a little bit with one of the ethical considerations, which is speech that is in accord with life. We hear this often uh, called right speech as well. But I really like speech that is in accord with life because it takes out the right and wrong and it really speaks to an internal uh, orientation. And speech is so crucial for our care with one another and our interactions together and for keeping that, uh, that channel of communication open. 
When our speech is a channel for connecting rather than a fountain of information, we can truly listen and speak in accord with life. So one of the most powerful tools that I've learned that's really changed my life and my way of uh, communicating, this is a tool that I learned in uh, my Hakomi training with the Hakomi Institute. Um, is this formula. And we're gonna break this down just a little bit now together. Um, we'll break off into, into some breakout rooms and discuss it in just a minute. Uh, but this is a really simple tool. It can be memorized and, and remembered really easily. And um, it can be used when we wanna talk with some, someone about their effect on us. And it can be both positive, which is appreciative feedback and differentiating, which is something where you, you might see or feel differently than the other person. So appreciative feedback is when we want to appreciate someone for their attitude, efforts, or contribution. And this is really important, and we're going to practice this together, and it's really fun. And differentiating feedback is when we need to communicate the impact of someone's actions, even if it's different than it, you know, maybe their intention. Um, so, for example, I might say, I might say something to you, you know, with the intention of being helpful, but for you, it seemed like a criticism. Um, so that's the, that's the difference of impact versus intention. And it's good to talk together about these things. And so this formula has given me a way to, to speak about it. And at first, it sometimes feels a little clunky or you know, uh, odd, but the more you practice it, the more you get into it, the more it feels like a really great, useful tool for skillful means for communication. So let's break it down a little bit, shall we? Are you available? So this is the very first step in um, cultivating compassionate conversation. Sometimes in order to cultivate an open-hearted conversation, we need to slow down and ask if a person is truly available. Someone might be working with the loss of a loved one or busy with a project that has their entire attention, and therefore they're not available to truly listen. We need to be respectful of others while at the same time curious about our own boundaries and capacities. Therefore, the first step in, that is crucial in cultivating a compassionate conversation is slowing down and asking, are you available? So in a moment, we're gonna go into breakout rooms and practice just asking this very simple question. I've done this a lot in groups and it's, it's kind of profound actually when you, when you get to practice it together. It's one thing just to listen, but it's something else to actually practice saying yes and no. And today in this practice session, the main thing to practice is actually saying no. You can practice saying yes uh, also if you want to, especially if you need to warm up. <laughs> but really the, the goal of this is to get a chance to practice saying that you're not available. So we all need to practice saying no and knowing that it's okay to say no. But further, a no might actually just kind of be a not right now. So for example, you might say, I'm in the middle of something right now. Can I call you in an hour? That's essentially a no, right? Or I'm grieving right now. Could we talk again another time? 
So the, there's lots of nuances to these no's, but for today, you can just practice saying no. So we're gonna get into breakout rooms in groups of three or four. Um, and Nancy, if you don't mind getting that set up, thank you. And then just take turns asking, say the person's name and then say, are you available? So for example, I would say, Nancy, are you available? And Nancy would get to practice saying, no, I'm not. I'm not right now because I'm trying to set up breakout rooms. <laughs> right? <laughs> it seems like a really simple thing, and it is. And it's just a wonderful thing to practice together. Uh, so go slowly and give yourself time between each person. Um, so say, are you available? The other person says no back feel the no, and then just pause and then switch. You know, you'll be in breakout room groups of, of uh, how many it's, do we have, Nancy? Yeah, we have 34, so it will be some groups of three and some of four. Is that okay? That's great, thank you. Yeah, so just take turns switching off. We're gonna go into these breakout rooms for 10 minutes. So do the exercise for about five minutes and then five minutes just to, to talk about it. And you can, you can do that in whatever order you want as well. If you don't know somebody, of course, feel free to say hello, introduce yourself, get comfortable. Um, so we'll see you back in about 10 minutes. So we're gonna have some time to talk about that. Um, but I wanna go ahead and introduce the next step and then we'll do it all together, um, both steps together rather. So the next step is actually offering the feedback. So assuming you get a yes, not a no, uh, you'll get a chance to actually say how you're, how you're feeling. And when you're using the formula, it's, it's kind of specific um, and it helps you just so that you can have words when it's difficult to, to come up with some words. So the second step is when you did X, the impact on me was Y. So today we're not going to actually practice with differentiating feedback. We're just going to practice with appreciative feedback, mostly because uh, this is a small amount of time that we have together and it's random who, who's in your group. Um, but I'm just going to give you the, uh, the formula and you can, you know, take it with you in your back pocket and, uh, you know, the next time a difficult conversation arises, you can, you can recall this formula. So in your breakout rooms, we're going to get into breakout rooms again. Um, this time you're going to take turns offering appreciative feedback. And even if you don't know the person or you don't have a long history with them, you can still find something to appreciate. Um, even if it's something just like, wow, I really appreciate that you're here today. Uh, I really appreciate the um, beautiful Ganesh behind you. Uh, something like that. <laughs> Chowdy knows I'm talking to her. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can keep it really simple, but also let it really come from your heart and, and be authentic. Um, and, and we're just gonna practice a little bit. So this is really important to offer often. 
because it helps us keep the lines of communication open and it keeps our hearts open towards each other. So the offering of appreciative feedback is, is just as important as the differentiating feedback, if, if not more so. Uh, and I'd love for us to just have this um, always as a practice where we can share our appreciation with one another. Would you like me to assign um, the same room or choose uh, like create a new room so like people will meet uh, new people this time? Let's keep let's keep it the same, uh, Nancy. That sounds just fine, and that's probably easier on you. Okay. Okay. So we'll go into breakout rooms again. Ten minutes, um, offering appreciative feedback. Remember to ask if the person is available first. Um, and even appreciative feedback, someone can say, no, they're not available. You know, if we can sometimes get really full when we've, when we've been given a lot of compliments and it's difficult to take it in. So it's okay to say, no, you're not available to offer, e to even receive appreciative feedback. Uh, so do wait for the yes um, if someone is available and then do pause, you know, and really allow yourself to take in that appreciation and then switch. Okay, any questions? Okay, see you back here in 10 more minutes. Have fun, enjoy each other. Okay, so I think we're all back. Um, and now we have a chance to share a little bit. So what did you discover from that little exercise that you might want to share? Uh, feel free to raise your hand and um, Nancy can help us out. Okay, uh, real quickly. Um, so I got a little education from Christoph when I said, oh, um, you know, are you available to chat? And he said, well, um, is that going to be something positive or problematic? And, you know, it, it yeah. So, and um, I said, well, maybe, maybe we should uh, revisit this another time. So I, I just got very um, uncomfortable with his wanting to know. And what he explained later was the um, vagueness of the question for him didn't allow um, him to uh, enough information. So that was that was interesting to me, you know, to present it with more of a context might yeah. might help to open up just the exploration of I'm available or not based on your day, you know. So That's anyway, so, that is so helpful. Yeah. Thank you, Rosemary. And thank you. Sure. Um, yeah, the, the formula actually says are you available for some appreciative or some differentiating feedback and since we were just practicing appreciative today i i kind of simplified it but um it's a good point if you don't know what's coming at you how can you know if you're available or not <laughs> yeah thank you thanks for for speaking up hi sarcy yes Hi, friend. Hi. So nice to see you in this context. 
uh, and everyone. So in our group, we talked about um, appreciative feedback as feeling kind of like a compliment. And our general, all of us, regardless of gender and age, whatever, we were all like not so great at taking compliments in general in our lives. It's like we longed for them, but would kind of get all weird about it. And so one thing that we noticed was that when we were asked if we were open for that thing that feels like a compliment, we were more receptive to it. It still created feelings, but we were much more receptive to it than how we felt like we were in our daily lives when they just kind of came out of the blue. So that was just something that we picked up on. So that little moment of asking if you're available somehow readied, readied you. Yeah, made us more, opened us to being a little bit more receptive. I mean, we could have said no, but we knew something positive was coming. And so we're like, so there's like a hesitation, like what's it gonna be? You know, still that kind of nervous tension, but there was a much, there was an opening that, whereas if it just comes out of the blue, it's harder, like, I think a lot of us felt like it's very hard to take a compliment and not reject it or say something negative or poo poo it, you know, and this, this practice of opening and just saying thank you was, you know, took a, a lot. <laughs> so simple, yet so hard. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, John and a real live Arnie in person. <laughs> He's available. Um, and one of the things that, that we discussed in my little group was just how how much more connecting it is to know that that person is actually ready and available to receive the feedback, whatever it is. And how it's just like me as the one, I, I experienced me as the one offering the appreciation, just like it felt like an open, clear channel. It's like, I think this person's really gonna hear me because I know I have the data that yes, they are available or that they're not. Mm. Just, it feels like a much cleaner way to communicate. Mm. Yeah, thank you. I think that feels like the other side of what Cersei was saying. She was saying the receiving end, and you're saying being received. Hmm. Great, thank you for bringing that in. Okay, Nate. Good morning. I was uh, thankful for uh, some language that Mitch gave me. Um, he said, you know, sometimes when we're delivering feedback one way or the other, it's kind of like bullying our way in. We're sort of forcing our way in. If we don't ask. Um, I hadn't thought about it as that uh, severe or even almost violent a way to sort of impose our, our will on others that way, but just simply uh, 
making it an inquiry turns it into an invitation. Um, so thanks to Mitch for that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Nate. Oh, good. I'm not muted. <laughs> Jessica, I want to I, I want to say thank you for this. This is um, uh, I, I've learned several things from this, these very simple exercises. Uh, one, just kind of echoing the point that that uh, Mitch made and that and that Nate was just repeating that I that I often feel that I uh, am imposing on other people just to ask for this kind of conversation. But I feel like what you're offering is a really skillful means to find that opening, you know, to to sincerely ask if another person's available and to listen, really listen to what they say in response uh, is different from just blundering in or bullying one's way in and saying, look, I've got to tell you something, uh, even if it's even if it's something that you think they might want to hear, um, you need to ask first. And, and that makes a big difference. It's making a big difference for me. So thank you. Thank you, Joel. Okay. Um, Rusev. I'm not sure everyone knows your name correctly. Rupesh. Rupesh. Yeah. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> nice to see I. Um, I know a lot of the faces on the screen. <laughs> I, you know, I, um, I haven't been as connected to Appamata. And so this idea of about, are you available? I felt so many emotions being in the room with Robin and Monica. And where are you? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the last person. There you are, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Um, so it was interesting to, to when the question came, are you available? I felt like a flood of emotions, just, whoa, Appamata. And, but I also wanted time to connect and to hear. So just holding like, you know, was I really available? <laughs> I'm feeling a lot. I probably could say nothing and then <laughs> say, no, I'm not available and feel a lot. But um, I'm glad I said yes, because it was nice to hear. But just how, just even that, are you available? Like, uh, just knowing, am I available, even though I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I could just sit with that, but I also want to connect. So um, just a, a complex question. So I said yes, and I'm glad I did. I don't have regrets, but I also was, uh, there was a lot in that question. <laughs> I guess I can just say that. Yeah, further nuanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank nice you to see you all. Yeah, nice to see you all. all these familiar faces. Thank you. And, and just to offer some appreciation to Rupesh, um, he's actually the one that I learned this formula from in my Hakomi uh, training with the Hakomi Institute. So yeah, thank you, Rupesh. You're welcome. Could I say one more thing? Yeah. <laughs> so when I learned this in my Hakomi training long ago, I have to say this has made my marriage a million times better, <laughs> you know, because uh, not just the appreciation, but eventually when you say things that are more challenging, uh, you know, just actually, are you available? And if I get a no, especially
especially now with a kid, because that's actually not available a lot of times. Um, it's just, uh, it, it just has re really improved my communication with my, my partner. Uh, so take it and run with it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I see Carolyn has her hand up. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for this offering. My dear friend and Rupesh, it's so good to see you. Um, I mean, our group, so I was with Kathy and Bob and I think we all actually, when we were practicing the first differentiating feedback, we were talking about um, how often when we're, we're using the act of asking for the feedback, you know, when somebody says no, it's having to look at our own in egoic intentions, mm. like really having to reflect, because sometimes you have to, to sit in the discomfort of hearing the no. And then you're like, well, you know, I might've had a heartfelt intention, but was there ego behind it? And oftentimes, yes, we said, yes, there was ego. There was some like, I can help. So that was a really interesting reflection and a vulnerability that I really appreciated Kathy and Bob being willing to share. And then one thing that Bob shared that I thought was just really so helpful was even he, he was talking about, and I don't want to speak for you, Bob, but he shared a courageous conversations course that he participated in. And they even added another level of distinction, which was um, saying, when I think I observed what you said, or I think I heard and it's when I think I saw, or I think I observed is um, it's not as making an assumption, like saying that when you said this, cause then you're making a clear cut assumption. And I felt like that distinction was just so vital mm. because you still, it's, a, it's that when you like my neurobiology, <laughs> my you know limbic system can like still get in fight flight. And that added a little bit more of a nuance Mm -hmm. so that I could stay a little bit more active and open in that space. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that in. Yeah. Well, it looks like we're pretty close to the end of our time. Um, thank you all so much. These seem like rich conversations and I think um, we'll continue. I'd love to hear more about it as we go.